0: Welcome to AA Beyond Belief the podcast. This is episode 128. Today's episode uh, features a talk by Bill W., not the Bill W., but Bill W., the author of The Twelve Secular Steps. He was on a podcast on AA Beyond Belief some time ago talking about his book, this episode features a talk that he gave in Kansas City at the KC Secular AA Speaker Meeting back in November of 2018. We're reposting it here at AA Beyond Belief because that speaker meeting is now defunct, as is the podcast. And there were some great talks over there, so I'd like to get those over to, over, out to the public on AA Beyond Belief. So that's what we're going to do. So without any further ado, this is the KC Secular AA Speaker Meeting back in November of 2018, and our speaker is Bill W. talking about the 12 Secular Steps.
1: An alcoholic. I've asked Lee to read the preamble.
2: Hi, my name is Lee, and I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) AA is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover. We have no dues or fees for membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. <clears throat> our primary purpose is to stay sober and
1: help others to achieve sobriety. Uh, our secular group attempts to maintain a tradition of free expression in the conduct of meeting where all may feel free to express any doubts or disbeliefs they may have and to share their own personal form of spiritual experience, their search for it, or their rejection of it. In keeping with AA tradition, we do not endorse or oppose any form of religion or atheism, Our only wish is to help those who want recovery without having to accept anyone's beliefs or having to deny their own. During the meetings, we will pass around a... uh, I I didn't get a thing. Hey Richard, will you pass around your hat about halfway through the meeting, please? Thank you. Is there anybody... Everybody's new to this meeting, I realize. (laughs) But is there anybody who doesn't recognize everybody else who would like to introduce themselves? It's not necessary as well. We also recognize extended periods of sobriety. Is there anybody celebrating any number of days or months or years? On the
2: 19th, I will have 11
1: years. Now, I don't don't have an 11-year coin for you.
2: I believe me. I will collect by the time (laughs) we leave. Thank
1: you. Awesome. Okay, um, we're going to start with a 20 to 30 minute, whatever, flexible uh, speaker and tell us something about their sobriety and uh, how their life's been affected by recovery. And afterwards we're going to, uh, we're going to go popcorn style, Um, just kind of responses, I guess. Uh, If you need to get something off your chest, do that. If you want to respond to what the speaker has said, you can do that. But let's see, no one should be obligated to share. If they don't feel comfortable but we do ask that you limit your time to allow others to respond and refrain from sharing more than once. After the meeting we usually hang around and chat if you want to extend the conversation or have any further questions. Um, Some of us will introduce ourselves as alcoholic but you can introduce yourselves however you'd like whatever makes you comfortable. Um, This is also an open meeting you don't have to be in recovery or an addiction problem or be an alcoholic to be here so if you have friends or family members that you'd like to introduce to the program or what you've seen learn here bring them along and uh, we also are going to record these meetings so we're gonna record the speaker we're gonna put that on the website and we would also like to include the discussion that we do afterwards so We'll have a microphone that we can pass around, and if you want to share, but you don't feel comfortable having yourself recorded, you don't have to take the microphone, and we won't include that in. Oh, and we'll put that on the uh, Secular AA um, speaker.org website. I think that's it. Tonight, happy to introduce Bill W. He's got a book I think everybody here is familiar with. Um, We've been passing around the meetings. Uh, you You can talk for 20, 30 minutes about whatever you'd like.
3: Hello. Um Bill W. Oh, microphone. Yes, there you go. I'm Bill W. Alcoholic. Um, I'm not going to uh, go into a a log or any war stories, especially. Being recorded, I don't feel comfortable doing doing that. So, um, as I say, I was I was going to talk in a in a general way, and I hope you don't mind. I, I was also going to to talk a little bit about uh, the book, uh, refer to that from from time to time, and uh, kind of give you maybe a personal you know angle as to what I was shooting for um, when I when I wrote it. I the book started out from really a stack of notes that had to do um, with, with some things I was thinking about as I sponsored. And for, mostly I was thinking about someone in, in their first year. Um, I wanted to to lay out, based on my experience, what, what I had learned and problems that I had encountered as, as someone who is agnostic. You know, and coming into as a skeptic, I was fortunate because I, I was in... I went to two large cities, and my first two years involved a lot of NA in a large city, and so that was really the first literature I I got um, indoctrinated with, and still it was it was kind of scary to come into a meeting it w- or dissettling uh, to see on the the steps on the wall the twelve steps, and especially looking right at steps two and three and that I would have to give my will and my life over to God as part of this process. Even when I was younger, maybe I think I became agnostic at eleven or twelve and it was in a in a church and I realized I I do not know what these people are talking about. <laughs> and it was just I and I had to to be honest with myself, I what are they talking about? This Is it another voice in their head or, you know, to hear that that God is directing them and talking to them and telling them, I I just couldn't relate to that. But I did. I kept it to myself when I first came into N.A., I kept it to myself because of the literature I saw on the walls. Um, But the group seemed this, this particular group was very friendly. And people came up and introduced themselves, you don't never have to use again, keep coming back. And I I just trusted in that. I felt this is kind of a safe, this is a safe place. I just kind of realized that and thought, I'll, I'll keep coming back. I learned more. At some point, I started taking some of the, the practical advice that they were giving me. Because they said, try to make a meeting every day. And, and just repeat this in your head. Don't use, don't drink, no matter what today. Get used to doing this a day at a time. Do it a minute at a time if you have to. That became one of my most valuable tools. I did, relapse was, is part of the process for me. And it, it's, a, it's a painful part of the process. And I just had one of those waking up and seeing myself in a mirror And not recognizing who was there and and that was my first step occurred during one of those looking in the mirror moments and and seeing really what was there and as a like they say the the veil was lifted and I thought holy cow I am screwed (laughs) I am really screwed and I and I think that's what the first step is all about is really cutting that enough honesty to cut through the denial the the just layers of rationalization in the in the games, and seeing, wow, oh okay, I see this whole progression now I, I see what they're talking about i am I'm am not in control the The first step to say i'm an addict, i'm an alcoholic, and my life has become unmanageable is two parts: one, it is my addiction it's me, and um this, this really, where I really realized that I was screwed was I realized I'm, I'm not in control, but the solution is me too. And, and if that's true, I've got to do something. They were talking about God doing something, and I was literally looking at the mirror, realizing what I had become, who I had become, and saying, somehow I got to, I've got to pull myself out of this. It's not going to be a supernatural higher power or a God coming through and saving me. And I thought, that's where I'm screwed. I, I'm, I don't know what to do. I, I did go see a, um, a clinical psychologist that uh, was supposed to be, uh, and, and was, a, an addiction expert. And we, we did these little tests, and uh, we had this little talk, and he said, you are, you're very brain damaged. <laughs> he, did. He, he, he said, I don't think you're going to be as functional as you, as you were. And he said, go to AA. Find God if you have to. Go to AA.
4: <laughs>
3: and and he, he, I said in the book, he, he never offered any follow-up. And to tell you the truth, I, I wasn't interested in any follow-up. And I, I left there and, and I said, I've got to do something. After the first step, when it, it, or it, we were talking about this earlier today. Early recovery sucks. It really does. It, it was not a conscious contact with anything supernatural. It, it was a conscious contact with the the consequences of my addiction and alcoholism, and and that's what I needed was a conscious contact with that crisis. It sucks. It's painful, but it's it's the pain that that motivation is going to in my experience it was a pain that motivation was born from and once I did that first step I did ask um I was so desperate I had heard someone at the NA meetings who I liked what they said and I said I'm not going to relapse I'm I'm going to follow another piece of advice so I was going to do it a day at a time and they I heard get a sponsor if you're relapsing try something new and so I did, I asked this person to be my sponsor. And he told me something that I also believe in. Once you do that that first step, and, and you get both parts of that first step. One, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm not in control of it. And my attempts to control it have failed and probably will continue to fail. Then he believed, do a step 2 and a step 3 quickly because once you realize how you know, once I realized how screwed I was then I I needed to get to some sort of foundation to try something new cuz really for days I I was just going around and it just kept going through my head what am I going to do what am I going to do and I don't have their god I don't think I'm going to find their god as I was doing the step, steps two and three formally, writing them out, I just said, I'm going to have to reword these. And we had a discussion about it. This person was a person of faith, my, my sponsor, and a sponsor. And I said, look, I'm just being honest. And if I'm going to be honest about these steps, I'm going to have to rewrite them. And he said, you know, that makes sense. Let's, let's go ahead and do that. And I said, what I'm going to have faith in is a plan. And that once I understand the plan, once I build faith in that plan, I think I can get to step three, which to me just means make a decision to work that plan. Show up and do it. There is not going to be any writing to my step three, really. It was going to be with the actions. And it worked out. It worked out. Really, I got to 90 days, and and it stabilized my thinking. I, I don't think, you know, I was quite as brain damaged. I think I could have passed some of the, it was a very simple writing test and just a couple of numbers. And I, geez, uh, and I, I was struggling with it. And, but at 90 days, you know, it made, the plan made more sense and I was building more faith in it. And the tools were so simple. And yet there they they were things that I wouldn't have figured out on my own. Uh, to do this a day at a time it was not a, con- <laughs> not a concept I was thinking about. Anyway, I went on to do that, and I was lucky to find a sponsor like I found. And I, was, uh, I moved on to another city that was a large city, plenty of meetings. And I did start going more to, to AA, and I learned, oh, NA, this is the parent of NA, AA, and oh, here's the original literature, and it's, it's 1930s literature, and it's a little different, but okay. I remember even then thinking, this Bill Wilson guy, I think he might be a little bipolar. He's a little <laughs> over-the-top with some, with some of his literature that, you know, um, when we let go absolutely... I thought, like, oh, absolutely. I'm used. To, I'm a biologist, so I see everything as a step-by-step process. So I knew I, I have some different ideas um, than what I'm hearing. And to tell you the truth, there is a difference between the literature and what happens in a lot of meetings. Um, there, yes, there definitely is uh, a difference that needs to be addressed. And the reason why it needs to be addressed is because the things we need to learn early on can't be left to chance. Finding, for, for many who are coming in to, to recovery now, if finding the kind of religion that the original 100 founders had e- is simply not going to work. And to, to tell them to depend on having this religious experience... And, and I even early on, I just couldn't accept that, oh, this is a um, spiritual program, not religious. You telling me to give my will and my life over to God, that, that's, that's about as religious as it, as it gets. But, you know, it was, as I got to know people, it was okay. And when I began to say that I, uh, that I was secular, that I was agnostic, people would introduce themselves and say, oh, you, could, you can do it that way. We do it that way. So it worked a little bit differently than in, in the literature. A lot of recovery happens in, in, I still believe, in the importance of the, the meeting after the meeting. And in those, those smaller groups where everybody, um, you're already accepted in these groups. You're, you're meeting at the diners, and, and everybody can talk. Much more openly, much more honestly than in a meeting of, of 40 or 50 people, especially in a traditional meeting where you're at atheist or agnostic or you know a skeptic, and you're questioning the very wording of, of the 12 steps and wanting a wording that works for you. And you know, the truth is, I do believe in in a secular approach that that does not reject. Religion or spirituality, but doesn't leave it 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 leaves it optional. So it doesn't reject it, but it doesn't force it in any way either In writing this this book. I realized what I was searching for then with you know 16 years later in in writing this I I realized that when we're talking about secular 12-step recovery we are talking about a framework that is much more inclusive and universal. And we go looking for those essentials that seem to work for so many. And secular secular 12-step recovery is, is not original, and it doesn't need to be separate from, from AA or, or NA. I've been told that on multiple occasions. You people <laughs> need to start your own meeting like like NA did. And he, I, I'm not a believer in that, and I'm certainly not a believer in in a um, newcomer newcomer coming in now. I say I, I was lucky and fortunate enough that by chance I had the right meetings and the right sponsor. Fast forward a few years, I ended up in Louisiana, and, and this is North Louisiana. This isn't New Orleans, Baton Rouge. We, we don't have um, the, that sort of meetings it, we have towns that have one meeting and we come it, it's it is the heart of the Bible belt you know it, it's rural and newcomers here when they when they try to find a sponsor you're not going to get this unless you find God and that that is and I you know and i and I hear I have been generally i am um welcomed in in my hometown meeting i i don't push a secular point of course not uh point of view i have been shut down once once or t- um actually twice or immediately after i talk someone will say that's not aa what you gentlemen what you people heard is not it is aa it it is and it's an important that that aa sticks to what what they found worked even in the beginning and that that is fellowship that is accepting of of one another because that's that's what they didn't have available until bill w and dr bob found that that an alcoholic helping an alcoholic is is what works and really what was original is kind of Odd that they didn't see that because religion was there already. The Oxford group from which AA came was a Christian evangelical group. So the the reliance on God was already there, had been there. Um, And it wasn't medicine, it wasn't anything, a clinical specialist. Um, What was new to this new method was one alcoholic accepting and helping another um, so that we don't have to do this alone. Because in that first step, that's that's what I realized. I'm screwed because I can't do this alone. I'm not in control. My efforts to control what is going on with me have failed. At this point, you know, I had to break the ego enough to say I'm going to have to ask for help. And NA and AA both... They offered me help that was 24-7. And, and really, that's, there were times when I, I did need to, to make a call at midnight. And I, I did follow my sponsor. I didn't drink first. And then, yeah, if, you, if, if you took that drink already, don't call. Uh, <laughs> you call me the day after. Um, but if you, if you have a plan. Then call before before that. And so, you know, after I do, I, I break down the, the step work um, into three phases. Phase one is steps one, two, three. And then we get 90 days. And th- the important tools for me was t- um, to, to learn to do this a day at a time, to really... Get in that mode of, uh, every day, when I got up, I said, Don't drink or use no matter what today. Call my sponsor today, make a meeting today. I, I did hundred and eighty and ninety. I didn't I, <laughs> I did much more than 90 and 90. I was desperate. Um, the second phase was it got really interesting that That steps four through through nine. And I, I now look at that as a reconstruction phase, reconstructing myself as a person. It's kind of it's kind of funny because um, the the tools that are useful during that phase are inventory, inventory. It helps in it. It creates awareness. And again, the the process is is action based, work based. So we do that inventory and. I created awareness, and that w- that was a hard phase for me during during that phase, looking at the the evidence of of how I had um, treated people and it was probably during that phase that it it, I've, it fully hit me that wow, all this time I thought I was just hurting myself and i, I would I, I would even say that, what do you care i 'm just hurting myself yes, I realize i 'm an alcoholic, but it it was during that four step inventory that I it, I, how could I avoid it? I was looking at the evidence. I, w- I was being honest. And I said, I'm a terrible person. And that really, I thought, why, why shouldn't I even try to get sober? Maybe I, I should die out there. Um, or, you know, a pair of ragged claws going <laughs> across the floors of the silent sea kind of feeling about myself. And um, this is another time when it made a huge difference not doing this alone because it would have stayed at that state of mind, I think, alone. And having people accept me and being able to talk someone to someone about it and during that process was really important. What I got from the fifth step uh, the first time going through it, afterwards I thought, I don't know, I was, uh, I was expecting, oh, a confession, this is going to change me somehow. And it, that wasn't the big effect. It was, my goodness, I really trusted a person, you know, to to realize, wow, I could really, I can trust somebody again. I can be honest um, with someone at that level again. The the change that was that was suppo- I thought was supposed to happen during the fourth and the and the fifth step, where I realized what, and I still I do like the term defects of, of character. Uh, to where I, I wrote down people close to me, I wrote down my transgressions, and I saw, um, like. and this is straight from the Oxford Group 2 AA, that um, there were the, all these defects. But it, most of it really did boil down to, to fear and, and especially selfishness. Selfishness is chief um, among a lot of... You can be effective just saying, "You know what? I'm just going to boil it all down to self-centeredness. and And I think that would that would work. And I saw, wow, I really was hurting all all these people all, all along. and uh, but but the change, the fourth and fifth steps, we, we, most of it was done in those meetings after the meeting. it It wasn't done in one moment. That's probably the, a big difference between secular recovery. And the traditional recovery that re- retains its ties to, to evangelism is that ev- evangelism has this, this mindset of the miracle, a, a miraculous moment that will create recovery. And, and with I'm a biologist, so I'm, you know, a, an evolutionist, and I see a process that, that step by step, a gradual change over time. And, and sometimes there are big changes. Some, sometimes there are big moments. But a lot of it is earned and learned process. And, and Bill Wilson saw that when he discussed uh, the varieties. And I believe it's in Appendix 2 of the, of the big book. There are are honest moments with with Bill W. Where he says, you know what? A lot of it isn't burning bush. I know, (laughs) uh, you know, there's a lot of it during the first hundreds of pages leading up to this appendix. But (laughs) the truth is, there is a process to it. And and it is. And um, it's important. I started making enough recovery to start building 48 hours 72 hours just by following the practical advice to do the sweat through it do it a day at a time and stay with us don't swim around the rescue boat get in the boat uh and then i made more progress when when i started that phase two and really it it started the groundwork of Okay, I, I am self-centered. I am impulsive. <laughs> you know, I need to work on these things. Now, I, I look at it in, in a bigger picture in that um, I think sometimes it helps me to, to think of a person as a robot. And it really is during our childhood that um, we are programmed, first programmed. Um, and through experience, we, we learn about the world. We put together our character, our, our self-image, who we are. We slowly put together values. Um, we move from a time of complete dependence um, and up to independence and accountability. And, and it, for us, as when alcoholism and addiction build themselves it reprograms us and we will we will we will regress we will lose those as the addiction and the alcoholism becomes more and more important more and more of our drive we we just lose that and socializing being part of a family being um being part of a of a team at work doing well at school all these fall by the wayside more and more our world gets smaller and smaller and more centered on that drive, that addictive drive. that And it is physically written upon us. In When I look at early recovery now, I think the addictive drive is the enemy. Are you going to try to use, um, let, let's say, willpower? I can muscle through this with willpower. Well, guess what? The, the parts of the brain that are involved in that, it, it is a real... Reprogramming of the brain is a real physiology, and the parts of the brain involved are the machinery of, of willpower, and that's why with with an alcoholic or an addict, they're actually with the biology of addiction, they're the same. Alcoholism is a form of addiction, but I still like to keep them both separate out of respect to AA. And and its tradition So I, even though I'll use them interchangeably, um, at a AA meeting I, I will separate alcoholism out of respect. But it doesn't matter either one. Uh, once it's well established, there's no. There is a willpower. Take away, take away the alcoholic's freedom. Take away their money. Take away their car. They're still going to get a drink. The addict is still going to get a drug. Incredible, <laughs> incredible willpower and it's working against them. Screwed, you're screwed (laughs) when you realize that. And so that's the process, it's a slow process, it's phase one, just get the 90 days, start clearing your head out enough, um, get honest enough that you can start working with another person. Um, and within a fellowship, st- you know, in phase two, start changing, start changing yourself um, is what is what I found I was I was doing, learning how to, to do that so that instead of these defects, I came before I had a drink or a drug. I was defective. You know, I didn't uh, not I don't want to go into, you know, childhood or anything like that. But there, there was pieces I was missing that that first programming didn't left some gaps and because i i was self-centered even then i interacted with people in such a way that created it was dysfunctional it created stress and i my first drink i kind of was was ready for it it worked it worked beautifully you know that that stress went away i didn't feel like uh like i was dysfunctional i felt powerful in in the, the drugs, even the stronger drugs, worked even better. They do work. Um, they they are rewarding at first, and but then, you know, I I depended on them too much. So during that reconstructive phase, I needed to to tear down what I was, and and if I did during my childhood, you know, pick up some things like accountability, responsibility, honesty, then I needed to recover those. If I didn't get them during childhood, then now was the time to build them. And it was simple. What, what I liked about the, the 12-step plan was I could do that, and it was not rocket science. The, the basic values were very simple. And really, it didn't matter whether I, I came to these values through Christianity or through reason or through secular humanism or whatever. It was the same values. So I was working with people. You know, my my recovery network was people who were skeptics and it was people who were people of faith. Didn't matter. So it it worked quite well. Um, The last phase is more of a long-term phase, maybe finding purpose through service. You know, extending once incorporating these positive values, extending it even more um, in, into our lives. And um, again, um, I don't like to hear that. Oh, yeah, you people need to <laughs> separate out and and f- form your own group. No, no, we have so much in common. And through through the 80 years since AA was formed, we have been doing this together. And it, it wouldn't hurt to have some, some new words that, that uh, simplify things a little bit. We can remove religion from recovery and, and leave it as a viable option for anyone to, to put their, on top of this basic framework, on top of the essentials of what work, add what you like to add in the way of your religious views and your beliefs or philosophies. If, if it's not religion, your personal philosophies will work just fine. And that's. Um, I think I'll stop there. Oh, I probably went a little bit over, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is
1: there anybody who has a that has something they'd like to start with?
2: <clears throat> My name's Lee, uh, and I am an alcoholic. One of the themes. That I, I think you, implied and that I think is very very powerful in both your perspective as well as the perspective of other recovering formats it has to do with the extreme isolation that is in fact encountered, and the importance of being of the initial uh, search for help to be able to find some kind of a connectivity that reduces that isolation. And the secular, as well as the traditional literature, really does not uh, look at isolation um, in enough depth. And uh, as I said, I think you you, you certainly implied that in your own journey. But I think as you articulate some more of your experience and your ideas, to share that piece of it as you realized it would add to the message.
4: I'm not sure I really... Know what to say, but I am one of those persons in early recovery in my first three months, and um, I, we spoke earlier, and I talked about the you know second and third step, and how it it's hard to to look at it as not I don't know how you take God out of two and three. So I was listening, to, you know, and trying to, and I you know, didn't have a chance to read any of the book today because I had other things to do, but I am um, still trying to you know find that that plan. You know, after ninety days, and the most important thing to me has been just to go to as many meetings as possible. And it's funny, I go to a lot of meetings, and everybody always talks about how there well, there's so many meetings in Kansas City, but there really aren't. <laughs> and, and if there are, they're all at the same time at different places. So you've, if you're not, you know, available at noon or at six or at seven o'clock, there's not. I don't know of a lot of other options. So I wish there were more. But one one question I had for you: So when you moved to Louisiana? There's only the one meeting in the one town. Are they saying and are you saying that you shouldn't start your own meeting and there aren't other people that would want to be part of a non-God based higher power meeting? Because, you know, to me, it seems like that's like like at my church where I go, which is just down the street from um, All Souls. I've, we do a lot of really wonderful outreach, and I'm always I've always been surprised that there is there's not an AA meeting there, or that we don't do anything for alcoholics and addicts, and we because we do so many other wonderful things. But you know, so I thought to myself, you know, I know other I know members who are alcoholics there, I don't know where they go because they don't go to St Andrews, they don't go to the Free Thinkers, they don't go to the um, We Agnostics. So I don't know where they go, but. Anyway, so I was just kind of thinking about that. Do you were you saying that you that you shouldn't do that? You should just go to the you know stick with the AA meeting, even though it doesn't fit your views of um, the secular steps. It's kind of the
3: the number of skeptics and like minded people are are too few, and yes, in in my area they they really are too few to to sustain a meeting.
4: But how do you know that?
3: Yeah, oh I'm I talk about that and a lot of times I'll I'll talk um more in a secular way when I see that there are newcomers uh coming to our meeting because often if one of them is atheist or agnostic or uncomfortable with uh, the higher power or reliance on God concept after they hear me talk we'll talk and they'll say I would. I'm interested in that. That that appeals to me. And um, most of the people that have sponsored since, since I've been down there have met that way. If there's no one new, I don't. I I tend to share in a more general way and not talk so much about secular adaptations and things. And it, it works out. It here is the meeting after the meeting that that like-minded people can meet and discuss it. It's kind of interesting, though, because I was talking one time, and there, there was a, a young person who was Pentecostal, and said, look, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. I do believe that the, God is going to be involved in it, but I'm very interested in this biology. It makes <laughs> sense to me. And I, even at his church, they had these life groups, and there was they were all Pentecostals, and it th- was a group of six all together— and I was invited out to explain the the biology. So um, I I do believe in smaller groups of like minded people helping each other out, c- calling each, each other, supporting each other. But over, I think the group overall, it, with the diversity, we can work together on it too. And I, I was really I was really um, humbled to to be asked to this life group and to to share with a group of people who, who have very strong faith in, in an interventionist deity, really, to say, we're also interested in the biology. We, we, we're getting something from this. And over, over the years, I have gotten something from them as well. Um, as an as a agnostic, really, my, uh, my value system w- was weak, and I, I learned a lot from people of faith of, of how to strengthen that. And so, yeah,
0: it's, does that answer your question? Yeah. Hello, I'm John. I'm an alcoholic. So normally we don't talk about the god no god thing, which, which is probably probably good. Um, but um, but I, do, I do think it's necessary because we're, I mean, if, if you're interested in the steps and they're written one way, you know, it, it, leaves, it leaves me out. You know, um, when I, I'd been in AA for 25 years and all of a sudden felt like I didn't fit in anymore. And if, if it wasn't for having this option within Alcoholics Anonymous, I would not be coming to meetings. I really wouldn't. So, uh, um, this, this was really helpful to me. Um, the thing that I, I guess I wanted to say is that, and Bill talked about this a little bit in his talk today, is that I think so much of our recovery is organic. It just happens naturally from our coming together and a desire to support one another and our efforts to be clean and sober. And, you know, I observe that in our group when we all just get together. And and I've, I've mentioned this before, I think the best part of the meeting for me is when I'm leaving at night and I see you guys hanging out, although you probably shouldn't be smoking, I'm happy to see you <laughs> gathering together, having cigarettes and chatting. It's just, it really, It warms my heart to see that because I remember that's what was really making the difference for me when I was starting out. It was like you said, Lee, breaking out of that goddamn isolation because the addiction is such a lonely thing, you know, alone, hiding from our problems and so forth. So anyway, thank you very much, Bill, for for sharing. Again, formally, thank you, sir, uh, for what you're doing,
5: actually. I I am an atheist, and uh, there are... uh, a little less than a handful of us, I would think that we're are hardcore atheists and do not subscribe to the term agnostic because we've done our homework and we know what atheism is about. My question to you is you made you just now made a comment that your agnostic leanings provided you with an idea that perhaps you were less than adequate in terms of your values. are you saying and I'm not trying to be argumentative, but it's one of my frustrations of um, secular AA that tries to be uh, tolerant and, and all-encompassing and exclusively inclusive by, uh, yeah, I don't believe what you're saying, but here's some biology for you. I'd like for you to be at the meeting anyway. I came to a secular AA not as an extension of AA, but as an alternative to it. And so if if there's an implication that because of my belief system, I'm less than in terms of values, then I balk at that using... Uh, yes. Can you expound on what you meant by saying that you were
3: less than with that your agnostic? Important. No, you, you bring up a good point, and I'm I'm glad I'm really glad you did. Now, when I meant that, I didn't mean that um, atheists or agnostics or skeptics are less than in their in their values. I, I think they're, if anything, they're truer to their values than what re- a lot of religion. <laughs> overall ha- has been no I was I was talking about myself personally and when I when I when I see agnosticism and atheism uh, I do see people like um, scientists uh, like Richard Dawkins or somebody yes, yes. And, uh, and and in very strong values and and bringing a, a better process really so that values are Are brought into reality more consistently than if that answers your question, yes. And so, I I really meant that as a person, my personal values, even as um, that they were strengthened both by fellow skeptics and also people of faith.
1: I don't know; it's it's really hard to explain to somebody new to this exactly how excruciating the beginning can be or it was for me and i know of others that it was i guess i appreciated you touching on on that no i there there was no way of explaining it i I guess um to anybody what what i was going through it was so hellish and there wasn't a a miracle that was to be had that could have (laughs) taken away just the physical and you know um physiological withdraws and changes that were happening uh, um i guess another thing been brought up a little bit like you had mentioned a couple times about not you know not having to start your own group just because you're sec- secular and that is exactly what we have done here um but yeah if i was at a meeting and somebody told me you need to start your own secular group like stop that talk here i'd be like <laughs> fuck you this is this needs this discussion needs to happen but at the same time we you know we do get a lot of people that come into these rooms either from other meetings because they've been turned away or scared away or be, for the first time to these meetings because they don't want to go to aa because of the religious aspect and it's um i guess i don't i don't i personally don't have to have a secular meeting to um enjoy a i really like the meetings that i go to um but I really wanted this kind of discussion when I was first getting sober, and it's it's hard to find um, in some places. Uh, I, I've been to I've been to AA in small towns, and uh, man, just knowing that this discussion is happening and it's legitimate is very important to me. Anyway,
6: I'm Greg, and I'm an alcoholic. And congratulations hey, to Lee. I'm I'm very pleased for you <coughs> and to you, sir, for, for writing this book. Um, yeah, I I uh, am very very glad that what we do here and other people do in the same vein and what you're doing in the book is beginning to seep out and there are I think in small towns or big towns there are always seekers looking for a different language a different way to express who they are and you're t- you're taking that on by expressing enough so that they can come to you and tell me about the biology tell me about how this works how do you so that they can fill that void they might be having, or that curiosity that they might be having. So I'm very pleased that you're doing what you're doing in a small town, but you're stretching out to us as well. And they can, I think if they get a hold of your book, they can see that they can do the same thing. I, I just can't believe that in a small religious area, there's not a few of us knocking around the backwoods somewhere. <laughs> so, I'll pass.
1: We're pretty close to wrapping up time anyway, so so let's all (laughs) hug.
0: And that's another episode of AA Beyond Belief. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you'd like to help out our site and podcast, there's a couple of things you can do. First of all, go over to iTunes and leave us a review, hopefully a favorable one. You can also help out financially with either a recurring or one-time contribution. You can do this by setting up small recurring donations at our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com/aabeyondbelief, or through PayPal at paypal.me/aabeyondbelief. And you can always visit our site aabeyondbelief.org and click on the donate button. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of AA Beyond Belief the podcast.